0: بالله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صلي وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما عليتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وعنده مفاتح الغيب لا يعلمها إلا هو ويعلم ما في البر والضحف وما تسقط من ورقة إلا يعلمها ولا حبة في ظلمات الأرض ولا رتب ولا ياسم إلا في كتاب المجين this, inshallah, will be the last lecture in our introduction to Tasawwuf, in introduction to, the, uh, to Islamic spirituality. And Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us that we've really covered a lot, uh, a lot of the main points of Islamic spirituality. And today's lecture, being the concluding lecture, I really want us to begin to answer this question where do we go from here? I said in the very beginning that we are going to uh, take a step back and discuss Islamic spirituality academically. Academically, as Muslim academics mean. We're all practicing Muslims, alhamdulillah, but we're going to take a step back and sort of analyze it the way a scholar would, uh, if they were writing the history of Islamic spirituality or explaining Islamic spirituality to a beginner, etc. But I said, hopefully... It will have some personal impact on us at the end of the day, because there's no point in talking about something like this without also considering the personal side of Islamic spirituality. So where do we we go from here? In the past, the ulama, they asked this question in a slightly different way, and they said, is it necessary? Is it wajib? Is it farb? Is it obligatory? For each Muslim to have a spiritual path, to have a shaykh, to have a tariq, etc. And these were questions that were asked of the ulama throughout different ages. And it's a whole, in itself, it's its own genre of literature. But the upshot of all of that is that what is obligatory upon us, what is necessary, is the substance of what we have been talking about. It is the substance of tasawwuf that is obligatory
1: on us, it's wedge upon
0: us. Because this is one of the reasons why we were created. Allah Ta'ala says, blessed is the person who refines their nafs. You remember the lecture when he talks about the nafs. And cursed is the person who does not refine their nafs. Um, and... Our discussion of Islamic spirituality we will also remember began with the hadith of Jibreel, alayhi salam, in which Gabriel asked the Prophet asked him, what is Ihsan, what is excellence, or what is spiritual excellence, or what is perfection, and the Prophet السلام, said, An Allah and that you worship Allah as if you see him and if you cannot know that he sees you. So the Prophet ﷺ is laying down for us and at the end of the hadith he said this was Gabriel, he came to teach you your religion. So this is part of our religion, part of our faith tradition is this idea of ihsan, is worshipping Allah as if we see him. So that substance, that's never ending, that's obligatory upon us. All of the other stuff, you have to have a, a one sheikh, doesn't have to be in this order or that order, that stuff changes with time. So the upshot is that the reason I wanted to discuss it this way is I want people to understand that this is not some like extra thing. This is the heart of Islam. This is the the beating heart of our religion. All of the things that we, we hear the scholars talk about, like uh, Sharia and Usul al-Fiqh, and you know logic and theology, all of that stuff, in, in reality is a minor aspect of our faith. But the thing that we have been talking about, this is something that concerns all of us equally. We all have a nafs. We all have a self. We all struggle against ourselves. We all have good traits and bad traits. And we will all be taken to account Yom for our actions in this world. And Islam has come to teach us, and the Prophet has come to teach us how to live a life that is worthy of living, that we will be proud in this world I'm proud of the hereafter. That's Islamic spirituality. That's Ihsan. And that is, on all of us, necessary. So where we go from here is, I wanted to leave us with some practical advice, and then we can open it up uh, to questions, uh, inshallah. Practical advice number one is that it's important that we all have some type of thick that we do daily so a simple thick that i want to share with you that you guys can all do daily that will add mileage to your life is that twice a day once in the morning and once in the evening you're know, broadly defined like all the time before the prayer and then the time after those prayer is stuff for hundred times prayers on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a hundred times you with know, any formula, and la ilaha illallah a hundred times. And the reason is, each one of those, there are there's a hadith linked to each one of those. You know, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, إِنَّهُ ala fi My heart is clouded, meaning clouds of light. My heart is clouded, uh, and I seek istighfar from Allah Ta'ala a hundred times a day. So that's a sunnah. And, uh in Allah Ma'a ikta U Salluna Labi, Ya Yu Ladina Amahusall, and the command to say salawat on the Prophet that's Sunda Quran, so we do that a hundred times. And the Prophet said, Whoever prays on me once, Allah Ta'ala prays on him, ten. Right? So that's there's a compounding effect. And then La ilaha ma'apuntu alla w nabiin al qabri La ilaha illallah, The best thing I have said and then the ambient before me is La ilaha. So, that's a basic formula, it, you don't have to memorize it, it doesn't cost anything, it, you don't have to, uh, it's very simple. And I recommend that we all add that, I, and I'm doing this for selfish reasons, because if whoever does that, I get some of that hasanat. Right? So, I'm also, this is my, I have selfish, I'm very from selfish reasons for doing this. So, this is something very simple to do. We all pray, alhamdulillah, we all fast Ramadan, pay our zakat, all of those things. We know that we have those fun things, but we're talking about the extras, the extras that we've been sort of analyzing through the different verses and the different hadith that we've been talking about, that we need to do extra. And remember that Allah Ta'ala never tells us to do a lot of anything except dhikr. So even what I'm suggesting is very, very simple. It really should only take you five minutes. But the commitment to do that the reminder to do that will help you sort of comply with all. So when you do it, you'll, inshallah, you'll think about all the stuff we've talked about. That's the goal. It will remind you. So that's practical advice number one. Practical advice number two is that each one should have their own, another uh, litany, another width of prayers on the Prophet in the day and age in which we live in, in which the Prophet ﷺ is almost becoming forgotten amongst the Muslim community, forgotten because uh, we have people, unfortunately, that take his statements and abuse them, and misuse them, and mistranslate them, and misapply them, etc. We have to remember that he is the central figure of Islam. We don't know anything about the Qur'an, we know nothing about the Sunnah, we know nothing about all the stuff we're talking about except through Sayyidina Muhammad You will not, we do not know how to worship Allah were it not for the Prophet So he is not uh, just a messenger, bringing like a memo. He is himself a, 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 a person, of praise of devotion of adulation of of uh all of the love attention etc so to remind, remind ourselves of that we need to have our own daily litany our own daily with of prayers on the prophet saws and this is something that you know i'll just leave open ended whatever somebody feels you know uh, feels inclined to it might be that you do salawat like on the test tasbih or it might be that you read about the seerah, or you read about the physical traits of the Prophet Sallallahu Whatever it is, you have to have a relationship with the Prophet Sallallahu Allah Taala says, Rasulullah. Know that the Prophet Sallallahu is with you. That hadith, that verse is very, very deep. The Prophet Sallallahu is in all of us. When we live our Islam, we are living out what the Prophet Sallallahu taught us. So when we pray, when we do something, when we say something, when we say a dua, all of this comes back that the Prophet ﷺ taught us that. So we all carry within us an aspect of the Prophet So it's important that we increase our relationship with him. Number three is I encourage you to read anything and everything that Imam al-Ghazali has written. And the reason is, uh, there are multiple reasons why. Number one, many of Imam al-Ghazali's books are translated in English. So it's easy, you can easily access Imam al-Ghazali. I believe all of Ahya' al-Muddin, with the maybe minus one or two books, Ahya' al is 40 books or 40 chapters. I think all of it's translated except maybe one or two and those are forthcoming. So between Islamic Text Society and Fonz Vite you can find all of Ahya al-Muddin. You really, there's, I can't recommend that enough. You can spend the rest of your life living, reading Imam al-Ghazali. And that's one reason. So you can find it in English. The other reason is that Imam al-Ghazali is one of these figures who really is like a Renaissance scholar. So Imam al-Ghazali is a master pretty much of everything he's a master of fiqh, he's a master of usul al-fiqh, he's a master of theology, he mastered philosophy, and he mastered tasawuf. Uh And there are other people, of course, who have done that. But Imam al-Ghazali's uh, impact, not just on the Muslim world, but on the Western world, makes him such a large figure throughout the human race. And that's why we call him, we refer to him as hujjatul-islam, the proof of Islam. The proof of Islam, so proof of Islam is Trueness is that it could produce somebody like Imam Al Ghazali. So Imam Al Ghazali is a genius, really, really a genius. So when you read in the writings of Imam Al Ghazali, particularly as they pertain to Tasawwuf, you will really experience an experience in itself to read. It's full of Quran, it's full of Hadith, it's full of stories of the pious people, it's full of stories of the MBF before us, and he brings all of this stuff about, you know, while talking about wudu. Or talking about praying the sunnah prayers. And he just goes on and on and on, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper. So when you pray and you make wudu and you go make umrah and you pray hajj and you pay your zakah, you will understand the deepness of those acts. So he's grounded in the Qur'an and the sunnah. He's universally accepted uh, amongst the ulama. I mean, there's no, no one has ever really criticized Imam al-Ghazali. Uh, there, there's no blemish on his record and he is beyond all of the groups, he's beyond all of the methods, and he is one of the quintessential figures in our tradition. So, for those reasons, all of of those reasons, plus it's accessible in English, I really recommend that you read anything by Imam al-Ghazari. And then lastly, I want to say it's uh, very important that you keep good company. Life is short, and you need to take your life seriously because only you can live your life. No matter how old you are, no matter where you are in life, it's only you. you are the main figure in your life. And because of that, it's important that you are mindful of who you associate with. Life is too short to associate with people that bring you down, too short to associate with people that that cause you to be forgetful. But rather, we want to associate ourselves with people that remind us of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ said, there are people that when you see them, you remember Allah. Just by seeing them, you are reminded of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says, O oh, you who believe, uh, be upright and be with those who are righteous. Allah ta'ala does not say be righteous, but he says be with, associate with those who are righteous. So this sohbah, this companionship is essential for us. Be with people that, that care about these things. Be with people that remind you of Allah. Be with people that bring you closer to the sunnah of the Prophet And when in those gatherings you will find yourself uplifted. And when you get stuck on something ask. Ask somebody who's knowledgeable. Ask somebody who is uh, adept at this subject matter, who is known to practice the subject matter, who has expertise in this subject matter. Ask and inshallah, you will find the answers that you are seeking. And again, just to wrap this entire conversation and just to remind myself and, and you, this is the most important thing you can do for your Islamic life, is to really think about what we've been talking about and take it seriously in your own life. That's what Islamic spirituality is about. It's to worship Allah as if you see him, and if not, to know at least that he sees you. Wallahu ta'ala a'ala wa'ala So, any questions about what we talked about, or the last lectures, or any topics? And before we pray, I'll I'll tell you what the next topic is going to be. Yes? So, last lecture you talked about visiting graves.
2: Can women visit graves?
0: Yes, women can visit graves. There's no no prohibition for women to visit graves. for us, it's,
1: it's fine. My other question is that uh, you talked about that uh, some relics, for uh, example, in our country, we have moy, this
2: here
0: of uh, our Prophet Muhammad. My question is how come this moy and this here has come from Makalat, Madina to our country? I and mean, uh, I mean, I live in Kashmir. So, how come it has come from here to our
2: country? Mm-hmm. We here, here,
0: the people that traveled.
2: People that, but how do
0: they get from him, from his here that you he that's my question. Because the Sahaba left, uh, many of the Sahaba left Medina after the passing of the Prophet. And they spread throughout the world. And then they had, they had families and children and, you know, they set down the roots and things like that. So these, these relics were, were passed that way. Um, some of these families in the subcontinent, they have a chain of transmission, Establishing that this is the hair of the Prophet I'm going back to the Prophet So all of the the Muslims they were very, uh, very big on traveling, and they were traveling. now?
2: We have that
0: Sure. Yeah, it's true.
3: It's true. I've I've seen it. It's true. Actually, I also happen to come from Kashmir, and this is more and more
2: yeah, um, it has a
3: sun, it has, it okay? it has been brought to removal,
2: yeah. okay.
3: and it came by Allahu. and then it was placed at, it's called, sure. and there was actually, there was a ruler, Shah Jahan, who was a great Mughal, and he ordered his ministers to build monuments in Kashmir, and there are many, they call Mughal gardens, you know, Nishat, Shalima, Kashmir, these are the names, and one of his, actually it was the father-in-law of Shah Jahan, he made this beautiful architecture,
2: yeah.
3: and when Shah Jahan came and he saw it, he said in Persian, he said it is a wonderful, place for praying, praying place. So it was, this building was already there for a long time, for centuries. And when this Moimukaddesh was brought, it was brought by a from Pakistan side. That time it was one country, per second, in the Pakistan. And then it was, it has a summit. It has, you know, and then it was brought and put in that place. So it is,
0: yeah, so they have a chain of transmission of how they received the hair from the Prophet from the Sahaba, the Tebate, all the way to you know, the modern time. Just like just like the hadith, we have a Senate of the Hadith, it's the same same idea. And the Ottomans were very big on collecting a lot of these artifacts. So when you go to the Top Cafe, for example, you can see many of these artifacts, not just from the Prophet but all of the other MDA. So they collected them and they searched them out because the Muslims, you know, this was important for them. Now now all we know is bid'ah and haram and things like that. But, but where we are with that, You
1: were talking about Jina and at Allah. The he has come to Kashmir in a new century,
2: years together.
0: Yeah, that's why I, mentioned it. I knew it was know that? Yeah, I
2: know.
0: guess no,
3: have. No, no.
0: That's why I, that's why I said that story because I knew everyone was going to be happy. Oh everyone's
2: excited.
0: But he had followers Thank you. language. Yeah, see, Abdul Qadir al-Jalani, he was the Mujadid of his age. Tens of thousands of people uh, were taught and influenced by Abdul Qadir al it, Islamic spirituality itself, there is no uh, tariqah that does not have Abdul Qadir al-Jalani in its chain of transmission because he's from the Salaf. So we all owe a huge debt to Abdul
3: Qadir al Jilani.
1: And our right? Top. and there is
3: actually yes. of a of because Yeah, I know. I know. But the keeper uh, the, uh, the Yes. The, uh, the, uh, the has a it is, yes, also yeah. yes, it is from al and then uh, sister mentioned our al here,
0: and this is This is what you showed me? Yeah, yeah. 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 This came
3: later on actually, because uh, it was almost a gap of two-three hundred years in between al okay. And, and that, as a matter of fact, yeah. many of
0: Abdul Qadr Jelen's books are also translated into
3: English. Yeah, so this. Uh, Sheikh Seyyid Ali Hamadani, he came to Kashmir and he is responsible for, for conversion of 80 percent Muslim to Islam. And he came, uh, he was passing by the Silk Road, yeah. which is, which was only that time the, um, the access to the rest of the world, to China and other places. And he happened to pass through Kashmir, and he saw there are poor people there. It's a beautiful valley, covered with snow-covered mountains. It is called Paradise on Earth, and all that. But the people were very really poor there. And he happened to make friendship with the ruler that time, who had already converted to some extent to Islam. Actually, another miracle part happened, and he he then told the king that time that. He, helped, he wants to help to build this place. He didn't tell him from the beginning, he didn't tell Dean. Dean came at the end. And Allama Iqbal says, He gave them knowledge, then taught them the handicrafts, which we are still benefiting yeah. to this day. So he, the king, agreed that told him, okay, and he was from Shafi. But the Islam few people have changed Hanafi Islam. And she said being from Shafi, he said, that's fine, he didn't change because some people had, it could have caused confusion. And then uh, he brought 700 uh, people from Middle uh, from uh, uh, Middle Eastern. Uh, not Middle East, really, uh, uh, from Tashkent and that uh, area and from Iran. He was from Hamada, which is in Iran. And he brought these 700 technocrats who knew how to call him Bafi and they knew paper marshes, they knew handicrafts. And he told them to live there in Kashmir, which was, and it was, they, they, they walked, there were no other transportation. They had to walk hundreds of miles, and he left them there and told them teach people these arts and crafts, paper mache, and cartooning and all that. And within a short period of time, and people learned it and they started their economy grew, you know, so they are no more now poor. And then uh, he opened uh, madrasa there, he opened schools, and he you know started he bought some. He was the, actually, he is the, this Pashmir Nashal industry. He is the founder of that. He himself was, Allah had given money. He would travel, he traveled 44 years, and most of the years he would go for hijack to that pastor, Sheikh Ali Hamadani, who was from Shafi, basically. And uh, then at the end, he when the people got knowledge, people got. As if they got these arson uh, arts crafts, which we are still making money. Most of the Kashmiri people, they make a living from these things. And at the end, he told the dean about Islam at the end. And that's what he says, that he didn't tell them dean first. And there was no, uh, no hiding nothing. He came only four times and stayed there probably one and a half year, one time. And last time when he was leaving back, he got sick and he is, in, he is buried in Tashkandei. And his body was taken by his disciples there actually. And then what you said, just now he zikir. this Aura Adifat here is, it takes about 15 minutes. Yeah, he showed it to me a couple of yeah, minutes. Yeah. And it starts all what you said, it says, with self selphurullah says, then says, SubhanAllah, And it says, Ayatul And then it says, like you said, Zikr, it is, uh, every time, La it is, with Allah, Ta'la, the attributes. Azizul لا إله إلاك إيرم تاع لا إله إلا خالق لايكم من لا إله مكان لا إله لسان لا إله شان لا إله بالله لا إله أمان من الله لا إله من لا اله الا الله توب الى لا اله الا الله تلك لا اله كل الشاهد لا اله الا الله باهر لا كل لا اله ملك لا اله ملك لا اله لا اله الكريم رب السماوات ورب الارش العزيز لا اله الأكرم الأكرمين لا اله Lila, I love Lila, I love Lila, I love Lila, I love Lila, Amad kind of Kaifi, Lila, I love 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 Lila, I Razakin, Lila, Laila Kheru Gahirin, Laila Lo Kerudakil. So it goes Laila about 86. Okay? And then it says Allah 99 names in that and at the end is Salat. So it is basically what you said, Zikr. So I think all of us, if we spend actually what I do when I commute from home to work, you know, I do uh, and in the in the evening I see salat while well, coming back home, I say our Mm-hmm. And so at each of the skin, you said that Zikir and Salah, you know that. and that's why Sheikh Ali Hamadani. And the most important thing is that he was recognized in 2014 by United Nations. They recognized him after 700 years, that he is the principal architect figure who built a nation Kashmir. What it is now, and gave the values and good things. And they recognized him in 2014. So, if anybody, you know, you Google Sheikh Sayyid Ali Hamadani, you will see all this, and including our
0: al Fatiha in your cell phone. So, all of this so is from the, the children this, of the Qadr Al Jilani?
3: Yeah. Uh, well, no, he was, Sheikh Al Qadr Al Jilani came earlier. He's 800 years.
0: Sheikh Sayyid a Hamadani came
3: later on. Himself. Yeah, I think it's from the descendants. All of this these were influenced. Well they in a way they were they were both um saved. they were from yeah. and the line of Prophet. Sheikh Sayyid Hamad Hamadani both from mother's side and father's side, they mm-hmm. they were related. That's so Shaykh al the Qatar. And wa Mahma Maqani, Wa Akdami, al Unu Kabija. Um, and he Sheikh said, Alhamdulillah he came later on. Never came. But Sheikh Abdul never came to Kashmir. So we are indebted to Sheikh said, Alhamdulillah. And in the mosques, uh, every day after Fajr prayer is Avrad Avaraj and at the end it is, you know, uh, uh, Salah uh, or Musalla salat. And then there is a beautiful dua. It's called Doyi Kal. So. Uh, you know, uh, alhamdulillah, if you have a minute I can say about it's beautiful. It's a... Uh, Allahumma ya malika rika, wa ya musadih al-awwaa, wa ya musabib al-asbaa, haylana sabama la masthaki ul-u-talaba. Allahumma ajjalna mashkooliyena bi amrik, aminiyena bi adlik, pahisiyena min khalqi and in in this actually then there is uh, for all the Muslims of the it اللهم <سؤال> احم امه محمد صلى الله <سؤال> عليه محمد بن صلى الله <سؤال> عليه وسلم اللهم منصور امه الله عليه وسلم اللهم محمد الله عليه اللهم اصل محمد بن الله عليه كريم محمد الله عليه اللهم اللهم الله اللهم يا حبيل التواضي مكتوب علينا ويا عمان الخائفين عامنا ويا دليل متهلين ضلنا ويا خادي المدلين إهلنا ويا قياس المستقسين أجسنا ويا رجال القديين لا أكثر رجانا ويا راحم العاصين أرحمنا ويا غافر الملذين اكفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر لنا سيادنا وتوفر لما الأمراض اللهم اكفر ذنوبنا اللهم نسكل عيوبنا اللهم اشر سدورنا ما 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 <Sarrican> اللهم احفل قلوبنا اللهم احفل قبورنا اللهم احسل مرادنا اللهم اتمن فقاسيرنا اللهم نجنا ممن خافيا خفيا للقاء اللهم اكفر لنا ولوالدينا والمشايخنا والاستاذنا والاسعادنا والأهبائنا والأشالنا والقبالنا والهم لحقنا لنا ولجميع أمتي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وكنا ربنا شراما قريتا وكنا واز اول کادر واز اول یامد که آب و آشفت نمرد و تپین و ما بی خورم که حاجی ابراج الحتیه لنا الله من and she said that it was Shafi, I again want again, but when he came in, there was already he didn't
0: did want to come to the country. All of this because we mentioned when you remember the pious people, Allah's mercy descends upon you. So this is the impact that these people have had in our past. Uh, they have raised and created entire nations and, and their... Their dua is still recited until today, and all of the hasanat of all of these people go back to, to, to these founders. So, this is why it, this is a very important topic that we remember that this is the heart, the, the throbbing heart of Islam, is this
3: self purification.
1: Yeah. Uh, can there be, is it possible to have a chain of transmission without physical contact between two people? uh yeah you feel like
0: you, you can write like a letter to a sheikh and say hey, i want like your ijazah or your narration and the sheikh can write back to you things like that but that's for narration not for sohbah sohba, and companionship is actual companionship so in the in the discipline of tasawwuf the the the, the sanad of of sohba is called the khirqah, it's called the cloak so that the shape would actually physically put like a cloak on you as a sign that you are like his student, his companion, so if that requ- that requires the physical uh, proximity, is that what you mean? Uh, kind of, I guess more like, um, I guess like
1: the are born from like, um, I guess I had, had a dream and, and sorry from that.
0: Uh, dream. Were you here when we were talking about illusion? Uh, Okay, well, you know, that's what you gotta be a little, <laughs> a little careful. <laughs> like, can you benefit from somebody who's who's far away? absolutely, when we benefit from the Prophet I mean, he's in Medina and we're here. So um, the issue of distance is not a it's not a problem from that point of view. Now can you learn from somebody that's somewhere else and you can learn online? Yeah, you can learn online, that's fine. So those dis that type of distance is fine. But I had a dream you know, Mother Jani came to me in a dream, and he said, "You know, you're my student. You know, and say this thick. Okay, you can do that. You can wake up and say that as long as it's you know all positive stuff. But uh, unless you're like of the super unique, it's all that will only take you so far. You need a living shi. Um It's always safer. If you want to teach somebody, you have to have a living sheet. You have to have somebody who is giving you actual ijazah." Teach. Uh, that, that's without a question. But can you benefit spiritually? Yes, yeah, you can. You can benefit spiritually. But it's not going to be like having the interaction with somebody. Mm-hmm. That will be, always be optimal. This is more most of the in, Moscow, this one. in uh, Kashmir? Today is Kashmir.
2: Kashmir, everyone.
0: But see, the Abu Khalif is buried in Baghdad. Yeah, he's <laughs> some yeah, he hair artifact. Yeah, yeah. I've seen the moin of uh, the hair of Sidi Abu uh, beard, the hair of his beard. So the brother in the bottom, he's a descendant of Abu Qawwal. Any questions? More down to earth, yeah? And I once heard a scholar say that, a sheikh
3: say that, he learned from Imam Abu Hanifa for
2: nine years. There are
3: other people like that that like people do learn from. Scholars who
0: have passed away. Yeah, it can happen. These things we have, it's it's throughout our literature we have that. But it's going to be limited. That has to be, again, based on the Sharia. You have to put that in the balance
3: of the Sharia. Again, if you see Shibboleth, Ghazi, and they give this story, he was initially got his all. Chronic lessons and hadith lesson at home. And um, he was 13 years old. His mother wanted to send him for further education, and that time the center of the education was Baghdad. And he had to go from all the way from Iran to Baghdad. And those days, what they would do, they were these caravans and they would, you know. Take money for them, they would escort them to place because they had to go through a desert. There were decoys and they were robbed and things like that. So his mother, Samydha, she, uh, which is a 13 year old boy, and she made the dress for him, white dress, and she put uh, she put, Were you the joker today? No, I was
0: this is the story I said in Jummah. <laughs> 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 I
3: will hear it.
0: I don't know. I did not. This, is, this is how we begin.
3: <laughs> so, have no, no, I don't know. I, I give
0: that if you come back here. Oh, yeah. No, this is, this is what the Jummah
3: was about, the story. <laughs> and he, she put the nars, and mean, whatever, I put the money in that sleeve. And... Told him that when you go reach there, if you need any money, you know this you should go. But because she knew in the way in the desert there will be there will be and all. And they walked through the desert and they were attacked by the dacoits. And they told them stay on one side. and they are searching everywhere. And um, they got this young boy, little boy, And they told him, "You have money?" He said, "Yes." And with a small and the Dakot, he went there and he searched him. talked about, it. he didn't find anything. And he laughed at him, and uh, the chief Dakot was passing, by. he said, why are you laughing? This is a serious matter. They are taking everything, all the positions from everybody. And he says, your He says, come here. He says, chief, see this young boy. He's saying he has money, and I have searched him three times, he has no money. And he's so confident, he has money. He said, "I have searched him, but you know, he still said." So he, chief, the guy came to this boy and he told him, "You have money." He said, "Yes." He said, "Where is that money?" He said, yes. "Here." Mm-hmm. So he showed him because the others did not see that. They opened him and there were you none. Know, and this chief, the guy, told him, "It is all, you know, you Google it, Kali, you will see." And he says, "Why uh, did you tell? You know, we didn't." Find this money, why did you show us this money? He said, because when I left, my mother said, Never tell lies. So I'm not going to lie, because when I promised my mother, I will never lie. And the chief doctor, he started crying. He remembered his mother. We had told him the same, but he didn't keep up to it. And he asked the other doctors, give all the money back to these people. And he accompanied the whole caravan to Baghdad where Sheffield was a student, where he is now, he's buried there. He was a student there. Then he um, became a scholar, and in between he leaves for about 20 years. Actually, there are different places. People say he came, actually, for meditation and all that. And then he came back and became the chief of his mother's principal, you know what? And then he passed away. is in Baghdad, actually. I know so, you, been, uh, so this is the story we will see. Maybe
0: my brother, his wife might have
3: Maybe. <laughs> Any other questions? So what was the the So do they have that? How that you know, that love for him because even the so, shaitab. The yeah. Salafis they don't
0: love anybody. <laughs> they they <laughs> keep that love a long time ago. But uh, but the 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 real Salafis, the the, the original Salafis, they they care about Raqqah and Zuhri. So they talk about that a lot. So maybe you know a story here or there. But like you know the Zuhri, of Ibn Ahmed, Ibn and things like that. So then you'll find them more discussed those type of things. But love, no, not love. But in the Afiq, is he, a, is he a, 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 a No. Even though he was a it's Ibn
3: Taymiyyah, for them, that's it. But he himself says Yeah, but and he, he, Ibn, Ibn Taymiyyah was a Qadir, ah, Yeah, yeah. yeah the,
0: the son of his name. They have no love. They have no love. They took love out of Islam.
3: Nobody? Well, I shall. This is not related to what you were talking about. Sure. A question about Ida and how it applies to different places, like here. There are
2: some questions uh, about our discussion. Can you say
0: something? So, after the uh, woman is divorced, a woman's husband yeah, dies yeah. there is a waiting period and for some reason there's a common misconception that Muslims think that that means a woman can't leave her house
3: exactly no. <laughs> yeah that's not all is
0: all the idea is is that the woman will sleep in the marital house or in her home for the period and during the day she can do what she needs to do. But at the end of the day, she will come back and spend the night at that house, except if there's a extenuating circumstance. Like if she herself is elderly and she needs care and she needs to go to the hospital or go to a relative's house. But that, that transfer would happen immediately and then she would stay there and have the waiting period there. It does not mean that she cannot live her life or go to work or things like that. Uh, so that's a common misconception. And the iddah is something that Allah Taala has bestowed. There's great reward for a woman for complying with that. She shouldn't think that this is somehow negative or you know bad or you know there it, it, it is it is more it is more powerful that period of diet is more powerful than Hajj and Umrah. She can't go perform Hajj and Umrah, meaning that she gets more reward for complying with the iddah than for you know going to something like Hajj and Umrah. So she can Go to work, conduct her life, etc. But she would spend the night in that house.
3: Yeah. You, might, you might, maybe say during the uh, misconception about, uh, for example, uh, why women, you know, in my country, they said they should go to the cemetery during the procession of the. Yeah,
0: there was stuff in the jahiliyyah where women would go to the cemeteries and, you know, they'd, like, tear their clothes and start screaming and things like that. So the Prophet, forbade that. But do you know any women in any Muslim country that do that? No. So it's not a problem. That's where it comes from. That's what I think. And they used to be paid. So they would be paid to do that. They would be paid to, like, go to the in the jahiliyyah. They would be paid to go and, you know, start screaming and, you know, cut themselves, I don't know, all this crazy stuff. So the Prophet said, you can't do that. Don't go to the graves. And then after Islam, you know, became more firmly established in Mecca and Medina, then the Prophet Ala said, I used to forbid you from going to the grave, but now go, because it will remind you of the akhir. So now we go. Women women go to the graves, from in, in our culture, women go, we do ziyara all the time. Not during the Yeah, they, well, usually we pray the janazah in the mosque and then the, the body is taken to the grave and, and buried. Just like we do here. So women can go. No problem. Even when we go here, women come all the time. You know, there's always one like Salafi uncle that says this is haram, just ignore him. Well, listen to them. That's why you have me.
2: <laughs>
0: Seriously. And then they go to the grave and then they're like all the way over there, like at the end of the graveyard. Like, what well, come why did you come all this way? If you're gonna stand all the way over here, you know, it's like their uncle or their father or their brother. Come and you know. When we buried Roxana, Auntie Maureen was very emotional She said, Can I come? I said, Of course you can come. And she made dua and she prayed for a No problem. Just no problem. Because in Ram- you know, the whole life cycle for us, we're supposed to be involved in birth and death. So we're close to that life cycle. It's a, it's a sunnah. You got something? Uh, I was going to ask, is there's any prophetic artifacts locally available? There's a there's a community in, in Virginia that has one of the hairs of the Prophet, but they only bring it out during the month, Once a year. And I've gone and I've seen it twice. And in the two times I've seen it, it's grown. That is one of the attributes of the hair of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that it grows. So I saw this year; it was double the size than I saw last year. I mean, it was I was like so sure it was so obvious it grew. But the brother that has it, he only brings it out on the 12th of the al awwal after Salatul Fajr. That's it. So you gotta go to the mosque. And, um, and then there's a brother in, in Baltimore uh, that has has a hair of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Those are the ones I know about. But um, you know, there are some. I think somebody in New York. A they huh? A they they get the it's been in their families. It's been in their families. And then you, and then they cut it and they distribute it. Has it been tested? I mean, you know, they don't test these things, you just take it no test, just say, Inshallah, I believe it. There's no, there's no like, sharia involved in it. You just, it's just an artifact and we respect it as such, and, and that's that. No, Muslims don't think like that. We're baraka people. Inshallah. <laughs> okay, so uh, next week there'll be no class. I'll be away. And then the week after that, we're going to start, Inshallah, the signs of Yom Al-Qiyamah. I'm going to <laughs> go a little salafi on everybody and talk about the, the gen and because, you know, has, who's seen The Messiah on Netflix? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's important because, um, well, well, I'll just tell you like two sentences and then you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. but in 1984, there was this novel that was written by this uh, British author called the Mehdi, and the whole the whole premise of the book is that uh, this Mehdi character emerges in 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 Medina, and then all these Muslims they start uh, they start following him, and the 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 head of the British intelligence and the CIA they're trying to figure out who this guy is, and then it, and then it comes to Hajj. And then the Mahdi guy is like, look, I'm gonna show you a sign that I'm the Mehdi. And they bring like the lamb to you know to slaughter the Dabiha. And then he like points and then like it like it like dies. And it turns out, I don't know who's going to read the books, so I'll just tell you what happened in the book. So it turns out that the Mahdi in the book is the son of the head of the British intelligence community. And he sent him to Arabia at a young age to grow up with the Arabs so that he can claim he's the Mahdi. And that the way that the lamb or the goat dies is they redirected some kind of satellite. And like they use the satellite as a laser beam. So my Shia actually told me about this book. I thought he was joking. So I found it. It cost one cent on Amazon, it cost more to ship than the actual book. <laughs> so I read this book and I was like, this is crazy and, you know. How did my if even know about this book? And then lo and behold, I read this book maybe like five, six, seven years ago. Then lo and behold, this Messiah show comes. And it's essentially the same thing. But this guy in the book, the Mahdi guy, doesn't talk about Sunnah at all. He totally talks about the Quran. And his argument is so that all the Muslims will be united. Right? Quran only. And in the show, of the Messiah. What did they say? What did the CIA say? We we had you in lockup, and we never saw you pray once. No Muslims pray five times a day. He doesn't pray. He doesn't. He's like a Dajjal. He's not like the Mahdi at all. And the reason I think that that stuff is important is that this is a way that that people, if they wanted to, they could play with Muslims. You know, they could they could play and trick us by manipulating these figures. And there are people in the Muslim community that you know. Um, that, that would fall for it. When I was doing a lot of this uh, violence extremism stuff and I was talking to intelligence people, you see, you know, these people aren't very intelligent, unfortunately. And they would ask me, oh, what do you think is going to happen after ISIS? I said, after ISIS, either somebody's going to claim they're the Mahdi or somebody's going to claim that they're Isa, alayhi Because that's the next thing. You have the Khalifa, right? this, this bozo, and then the next thing, there's only, though you have to up your game. What's the next thing? I'm the Mahdi. What? How can you up the I'm Isa I'm
2: busy.
0: Yeah, and that and that and, and Muslims that are weak-minded, they'll fall for that kind of stuff. So I, I watched the show, I binge watched it all the way from from Washington to Caribs, watched an episode after another. And that was my conclusion. That it's important that we know the signs of Yom Al qiyamah so we don't fall, you know, for some sketchy. And by the way, the Messiah guy in the show, in the Netflix show. He's like deranged. You find out like by episode 7 or 8, he's like deranged. And I think there'll be like a new season. Deranged is like he's yeah, cuckoo. He's like not right in the head. No, no, of course not. That's not the, Mahdi, the Mahdi, the Mahdi, the Prophet gave us very clear descriptions of the Mahdi. His name will be Muhammad and his father's name will be Abdullah. So his name will be Muhammad ibn Abdullah. I mean you can't get more clear than all the Prophet had to do is give us a picture of his passport page. And he said he will be from the nest from the 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 descendants of Imam Hassan, Nan Hussain, Imam Hassan. So there you go. And then he will be a little chubby, he'll be white with reddish tinge to his cheeks, he will be an alim. Everyone will love him. People will listen to him. I mean, there are descriptions of this guy. Not like some sketchy, you know, killing the goat with the laser and stuff like that. That's not the sign of the man. So we need to know. So I realized, and I thought it would kind of be fun, but I realized that we should discuss the signs of al Qiyamah. Because that's the last question that Gabriel asked in the Hadith of Jibreel. He says, when is the hour? He says, the one asking doesn't know more than the one being asked. So Gabriel says, tell me about its signs. So the Prophet doesn't give some of the signs of your yeah. So I thought we can we can have some fun and, and talk about that. So we'll be ready for season two.
2: <laughs> season two
0: comes out, we'll know how to do it. Anybody have anything else?
3: Yeah, there are communities uh, in the intercontinent uh, uh, that continent who claim the Mahdi as a the school. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: In the Mahdi, you know, there was a claim of the Mahdi of the Sudanese, and they went with their tasbih in front of the British, and the British mowed them down with the machine guns. And the Mahdi army. The, the messianism is it, it, it exists. It exists more in in Shia Islam than in Sunni Islam, but it exists. Yeah,
1: do so you have something? But like uh there's a group of Muslims called as and uh they claim that they may be as come uh, uh, you know, um, like uh some you know Qadian and they're like they they're very peaceful Islam, they're not like you know, tolerant people Pakistan, but they're very spirit Pakistan because they believe that they you know they, they are different. Though the Quran is the same as I think asked lost in the same and all officers can like any other regular Muslim. But they've been persecuted in Pakistan if they, they, they don't let them pray or they, they, they've been branded as non-Muslims by the Pakistani government, you know, by 90. The other issue is that we have one noble read, the first noble read is called the, uh Dr. Abdul Salam from Pakistan and he was from the same Jamat. So the government they're not entertain him, you know. And uh, I think it's to his credit that Pakistan is an atom bomb app because so he, he created the Pakistan Atomic Energy Commission. He trained all the scientists physicists, and uh, I think Pakistan is very grateful for his services. But he was, he was not respected Pakistan. He had to leave Pakistan and went to Italy to establish his group, you know, over there. So, um, um, so this kind of a little kind of, a, I don't know what you think about. Because if you he knows Brazil has written a lot on Islam and uh, some people really respected him in the beginning because he defended Islam against the Britishers and the Christians who came at that time, he was very, very well, well read. But, but when he came to be like a Maddy, a lot of Muslims, the regular Sunni Muslim turning against him. Sure, so, so look, was, uh, I don't I don't think that
0: anyone should be persecuted because I think there are better ways to uh, to deal with people. But that being said, the uh, the the boundaries of Islam are so wide, they're so simple. illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. If you believe in that, you're a Muslim. If you're gonna add all this other stuff, you're not a Muslim. So if you believe that this guy is like the Mahdi or a Prophet or receiving revelation after the Prophet Prophet Muhammad, Ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa they are not a Muslim. They say, I mean, I'm not trying to be offensive, but it's, a, it's as simple as that. The, the, the Christians across the street, are they Muslim? No, they're not Muslim because they don't believe in what we believe. What is it that we believe is so simple, so wide, that it encompasses the Sunni, and it encompasses the Shia, and it encompasses the Ismaili, and the Zaydis, and the Ibaldis, and all of that. Even though we have differences inside the family of Islam, it encompasses all of that, but none of them say that there is revelation after Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this is why, yeah, but you see, I get this Qadiani thing Allah. I'm not advocating for persecution, but you can't expect to say that in a Muslim-majority country and then complain that you're not considered Muslim. You yourself have taken yourself outside of Islam by saying that there's revelation <coughs> after the Prophet. Like, there's Islam, I and mean, then at some point, there's not Islam. They're peaceful, yes. Uh, They do good work, yes. Uh, Many of the African-Americans in this country that became Muslim or became Muslim through Ahmadi uh, dies in the early uh, part of the um, Islamic, uh, Islam's role in America. They translated the Quran into English first. I mean, I'm not negating. I went to school with Ahmadi's. They're, They're wonderful people and stuff like that. But on this issue of, you know, what do you say about the Ahmadi's? Well, what do they say? That's my question. Do they believe that somebody has received revelation after Sayyidina Muhammad Like the Baha'is for then are not a Muslim. Because you because you you said that, not me. But if they say Ghulam uh, Ahmed was like a nice guy and he was a reviver, okay, fine, then are a Muslim. No problem. But I'm not advocating for the persecution, but it's very important that we understand that, that Islam is these two statements. There's got to be a definition for what is Islam and what's not
2: Islam.
0: You see what I'm saying? Uh, there's probably a better way of dealing with it, but you know this uh, this Qadiani um, thing that we're persecuted and well, 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 gee, I wonder why? Because you, you, you're you're coming into the house of Islam and trying to change it. We're not going to be very welcome. Here. You see?
1: I know, I mean, no
0: offense
1: to anybody, but I'm just trying to say it the way it is. I don't know what you read about them, but they have the same Quran. Sure, yeah, they have the same Quran. He doesn't have a new new book, like the authors have a new book, right? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a new book, but he worked on the Quran and 17th the Quran. Okay, so
0: my question is do they believe, what do they say about that guy, Gulab Ahmed? Does he receive revelation?
1: I don't. It's revelation, revelation, but he probably had some religious. I don't know. I don't. Know. I haven't read most of his work, but sure, we all have. We spiritual. all have.
0: Religion. We all have spiritual experiences. No problem with that. Does he receive revelation? Is he a prophet after the seal of prophets? They,
1: they think. They think he's a man. He's a, like, he saw. him in his form during this time. So that's what they think. I mean.
0: Okay, so they don't say that he's a prophet.
1: But they say
0: the Mahdi and say, then we say there are people, there are Muslims of Bida. There are Muslims that have belief of Bidah. Fine, so we bring them closer. But again, did Jesus come back? Did we miss something? Did the, Isa, did the Mahdi come and we missed him somehow? How about all the other signs about the Mahdi? What happened? It doesn't make sense. That's why we will talk about the signs of Yom al But I don't want people to say... To think that I'm saying this and I'm trying to be rude. I'm just. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else are we supposed to say. We have very simple belief. La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur rasulullah. Muhammadur rasulullah means that we believe that he is the seal, khatam That he is the seal of the prophets. That's our belief. Now, if you think there's, you know, prophecy after that. خَلَصْ لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَنَيْدِينَ To me is my belief, you're, you're not a Muslim. Like, don't call yourself a Muslim. Because me as the mufti or as the qadi, and I have to uh, adjudicate a case, what has to do with marriage, and it has to do with the biha, and it has to do with burial, and it has to do all of these things, I'm going to ask this person, do you believe in that Allah, Muhammad, and Rasulullah or not?
1: But they said they didn't believe in that.
0: So okay, خَلَصْتَ لِمُسْلِمْ
1: they said they believe in Allah, 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 Allah. But it's, I think it's a more of a ulama discussion or fight, you know, that's what I believe you know, I'm not an ulama, I'm not like a very well rare Islam, but are these ulama fighting on these points that, you know, we're focusing on Allah, we're focusing on these four points. Look, if they believe, if
0: they say they believe in the Kalimah of so I need to, to yeah. hear. When we had this huge intra-Muslim thing that culminated in the Amman message to define who are all the groups that equal Islam. The issue came to the Aga Khan and the Ismailis. So the ulama said, write, write a letter to the Aga Khan. Ask him, do you believe in the Kalimah? He said, we believe in the kalima and we follow the Ja'far Madhab and Fiqh. How else Muslim? That's all I need to hear. I don't have to investigate. I don't have to hear all of these stories about the Ismailis and the Aga Khan. They're Muslims. Because the Aga Khan himself, His Highness Hassan himself said, we are Muslims.'" So it's the same thing for the Qadian. Are you Muslim? You believe in La Illa Allah? you with us or you're not with us? They say that. They
1: say
0: we <laughs> can, then we can then we can talk. But don't say, yeah, La Illama Muhammad Sullah plus 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 plus. And then expect me not to get upset. Yeah,
1: that's the misconception, they
0: don't believe. But it's the amateur that or kind But I'm just saying that the nation of Pakistan
1: was built by IMIT in Allah. Our founding father, sure, you know, his, his people would have him, you know, sure. was, and his wife, arrested. Arrested. his wife was Zoroastrian. His wife was Zoroastrian, he was from Ismaili family, family yeah. but he was not very religious. But somebody asked him, you know, that which uh, what, what kind of sect do you belong to? He said, Yeah, I belong to the sect of Muhammad, you know, so, you nobody know, would answer that because they you don't, know, yeah, it's
0: a great, said, that's a great answer. He's with us,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. And somebody asked him also that, you know, um. He was uh, the first foreign minister of Pakistan. He was the first uh, declaration of Pakistan was written by him, uh, and he he was the first foreign minister of Pakistan, and he was also judging international, uh, you know, law international, uh, a very big job in, the, uh, you know, in the UN. He was the foreign minister, first foreigner of Pakistan, and you know, he wanted to mention our books that he's, you know. It's of Pakistan, you know, is amazing for a Muslim country to come out, It's like it was a pillar, but then he's taken out of all his people. No not denying any of that. But it's this is a sort of very
0: basic thing. The way we deal with sects in Islam is we say, Do you believe in this kalima? Because this is that's what the, if you if you looked up like Islam in like Wikipedia or in like an encyclopedia or encyclopedia Britannica, it has to say Islam is Belief in, it's got to be defined Just like you can define Christianity Just like you can define Montgomery County There has to be some kind of definition The definition of Islam is somebody Who believes in the oneness of the Divine And the finality of the Prophecy of Sayyidina Muhammad That's it It doesn't matter if you're Sunni, Shia All of that stuff comes secondary or tertiary So The question goes back to them Do you believe in this? Does he say yes, but I have a problem. Then you yourself, you've taken yourself outside of Islam. I didn't do that. I know I have no power to take someone outside of Islam. But I can tell you what Islam is and what it's is. not. When I'm with the rabbi and the priest and all of these people, I'm not a Christian and they're not Muslim. We don't get upset, but we work together. So, I, the, the, the issue that I have, maybe because I'm not Desi and, and I, don't, I didn't grow up with this, but the issue I have is no one till today has ever answered this question and what the Qadianis actually believe. I went to school with Qadianis. The people that I went to school with, they were the, they had the best akhlaq, they were the best people, they were the most trustworthy. I'm not denying any of that. We're talking about Islam or not Islam. So, if you have a Qadiani friend, bring him and we'll ask. But I tell you, they will not answer the question. That's my experience.
1: We should have like an interface with them. In shock, in shock shock shock. phase. No problem. We should should consider like, I'm just saying, let me be that uh, somebody asked me, do you declare Shazian in one book? And if that's who my, judge you, Somebody
2: We put it
0: back to them. So they got to, at
1: some point, they got
0: to answer
2: the question. Um,